This past March, our school had the privilege of welcoming Mr. Bobby Petroselli. Bobby's presentation to the entire student body was one like very few others. His words were both transformative and inspiring. After his talk, Father Dave and I sat down with him for over an hour, talking about topics ranging from the preciousness of life to pizza toppings. So please enjoy part one of our conversation with a special hot take from some of our students. We'd like to welcome back somebody that was with us two or three weeks ago, Ashley. Ashley yeah. Bond, Hi, everyone. Thank you, you for having me back. Thank you for coming back. And you <laughs> recognize her voice and you recognize her awesome story um, from the Aww. podcast a few weeks ago. So we hope if you haven't heard that, you'll go back and listen to it. Um, but we want to ask you about what you saw, what you noticed about yesterday's speaker, Bobby Petroselli. Yeah, of course. Oh, my gosh. I, I had never met him or heard of him until he came to our school. But from the moment he, he started talking, I knew that it was going to touch my heart, the story that he had. He he told a story of a, a traumatic loss that he had in his life, which I'm sure you guys will hear more of about when, when he speaks. But... I can I can relate to that story of loss in a way and so right away I felt a sense of connection with this person and a sense of trust and I feel that everyone connected in some way even if they haven't gone through a loss because he he had a way about him he told it in such a relatable funny way in a great narrative that was also like so easy to understand. I, I really love the way he told his story. And his main idea is that you matter. Um, and we don't tell each other that enough because there's there's so much that goes on in the world with mental health and things like that. And it, it usually stems from not feeling like you're worth it. And it's it's so important for people to remind each other, you know, and afterwards I, I went up to him and we had a little conversation and he gave me a penny. He literally like just, he handed me, I said, hi, nice to meet you. I'm Ashley. And he just said, hi, Ashley, nice to meet you. And he handed me a penny. And what, and was, the, what was the meaning behind that? For me, it felt, I, I felt special. I don't know why, but like even those tiny little things, I think it just represents like in life, you can do the smallest thing for somebody, like literally one cent. Like I, I'm not ever spending that penny. I'm keeping it because it just, it it showed me my worth again. And you know what? We all need reminding of it because I've been through a lot. We've all been through a lot. And the fact that he's just such a good guy, like whether he's yeah. public speaking or not, like he just reminded me that I matter. He has that way about him. So it was just a penny, but you, he saw you. Yeah. I, I did feel very seen and I felt heard. I told him my yeah. story and, you know, I felt so validated. And he said, none of it is your fault. You know, losing your dad was not your fault. And that... That felt so good to hear. Again, like we just don't hear it enough. No, and you said we um, we don't validate each other enough, and and unfortunately, I think we do the opposite. Yeah, you know, we um, do. one of the the real sad points about social media is that we we use it sometimes as an opportunity to uh, to tear others down, and that yeah. usually. And Bobby even talked about this yesterday. It's it's usually to make ourselves feel better. We have to lower others to our own level. Right. You know, yeah. um, the. The reference you're making um, to the loss of your dad, if if anybody is interested in going back to the March 11th podcast, that's the one we were talking about, where you yes. so eloquently tell that story. And thank you. The connection, the connection is really there. So I just want to thank you very much for doing this today again. Of course, and, of course. And, you know, kind of filling it in. And um, 
we the things that we do here at the school are of no use if they don't speak to the students. It's not right. just a matter of you know keep ourselves busy. So and, and I heard so many people say that like mm-hmm. they had they felt such a connection. Yeah. And today, like I I heard people going around saying to each other, "You matter." And Seriously? I was like, "Yeah." I heard like random strangers that I don't know, and yesterday too, saying like, "Hey, so and so, like you Damn, matter." That's great. And that that's the best part. Well, thank you, thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Thank you for coming back. And <laughs> you haven't pleasure. graduated yet. Maybe we'll do it a third time. I would love to. <laughs> Thanks, Ash. I appreciate it. Thank God bless. you. God bless. Now we'd like to welcome in Junior Mackenzie Petty, who is also with us for the second time. She was on the Indianapolis recording and podcast that we did back in November from NCYC. That um, that late night, we were probably talking about midnight. Yeah. That was crazy. I was like one of the last people on at like midnight. But crazy. you were coherent as opposed to Father David and I. Yes. You, yes. you guys were carrying that. I'm <laughs> kind of not exaggerating either. <laughs> Um, but what what are some of your thoughts regarding um, Bobby's presentation from yesterday? Um, unlike Ashley, I've never been through anything like mm-hmm. that. Like I've never like went through a loss or anything. But even though I didn't, I still felt such a connection with him. And it was just because like no matter what you say to somebody, it will always affect them. So it could affect them positively or negatively. So like just being reminded that I mattered was so touching and you never know what somebody's going through and you really need that reassurance sometimes. It's in some ways to me ridiculous how simple that is. And, yeah. but it's not ridiculous because we don't really say it enough to even, even those in our families, even you know, the people that we live with, we probably don't say it enough. Yeah. You know, um, have you heard much of a buzz around the school about it or? Um, I can't say that people have come to me saying mm-hmm. anything, yeah. but I have definitely like now I'm in the mindset that I need to remind people cool. that they matter and that I love them. So, nice. well, yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. I appreciate it. I appreciate thank you coming by. Me. And um, like I said, Ashley, we can get you. We still we still have you for next year. Yes. So I don't yeah. I don't think um, there's much of it uh, possibility that you won't be on a third time uh, or. No, I'll definitely be. Or whatever. I'll be back. All right. Thank you so much. I appreciate thank it, Mackenzie. You. Bye. So we have a freshman with us now, um, Zach Stein. Zach, welcome. Thank you for having me, Mr. Costa. We're very glad to have you. Thank you for volunteering to do this. Anytime. So what what did you notice yesterday in, in the talk that um, you wanted to mention? You know, what I found very interesting about, you know, uh, Bobby's speech was that it was a very emotional and motivational, motiv- motivational, but as well as it was a he tied comedy into it, which is yeah. very interesting to me. Like, Considering the topic, that's a great point. Yeah, like he went from talking about like singing SpongeBob Square, the SpongeBob SquarePants theme song, to then talking about how his wife died. Yep. And to me, that's just like that's you know, just amazing. You know, Zach. Not only that, um, and it, well, one more thing with that. I think, and I think he knew when to do it too. Yeah. You know, I, I think he he read the audience well. I mean, that, yeah. that's just being a pro and he's been doing it for so long. And that yeah. leads to the other point I was thinking that it seemed fresh. He's been, we were, he and I were talking and he's been doing this for probably close to 30 years. Wow. It doesn't seem it, right? No, God, yeah. no. Yeah. The, en- the energy he brings to it. What if, if I could ask you this, what is the, the message that you walked away? Like your, your number one thing is that, okay, I, I heard that. Um, what I heard was like, you know, take every day as it comes because, you know, I tend – I think we all tend to live in the past. We all do. You mm-hmm. know, we all – we take life and we almost like – I don't know. Like we just like take it so serious and mm-hmm. you can't do that because, you know, you got to enjoy life as it is in the moment. You know, like as mu- you might fail one day, but then – you might fail, but you, 
tomorrow, yesterday, but then you'll tomorrow you're going to do even better. Yes. Like I always have this old saying, you need many pages of failure to have a story of success. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I may steal it and not give you credit. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, you know, you're going to – you learn from failure. Failure mm-hmm. is what makes or breaks someone. You know, yep. like you look at J.K. Rowling. If she hadn't written ha- many Harry Potter st- – she – Having written many Harry Potter, she probably yeah. would have never gotten published. Mm-hmm. You know, it's you learn from mistakes, you learn from failures, and that's what makes and that's what he I took away from it is that if it's like this the saying that Pope John Paul II once said, "The future is today, not tomorrow." Yeah, mm-hmm. tomorrow you can't live. You gotta live for the future. You can't live in the past. Yep. The past is the past. You can't ever go back. And you could learn from it, but you don't have to. You don't have to live in it, just like you're saying. No, you don't have to live. Yeah. You don't have to live in it. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, the uh, We often say the wisdom that comes from our students is far greater than that we, we can provide. So thank yeah. you very much for coming. And um, I'm really happy that you're going to be around for another three years after this because I, um, I think we'll probably be talking more in this forum. Indeed. Indeed. Thank you. Thank you so much, Zach. I appreciate it. Anytime. Hey, Costa. What kind of pizza do you like? Uh, oh, buffalo chicken for sure. No, that's not good. No, get away from the. I don't. I know where you're going with this. The, I know the pineapple, Hawaiian pineapple. Like oh Jesus! Right. We, we have, we have a, all evil. <laughs> all right, we have a very <laughs> special guest who's oh, telling Lord, me that cast my pizza's that spirit no good. Out. <laughs> We'd like to introduce to you, uh, Mr. Bobby Petroselli, who is a, a speaker going around the country, uh, telling a story, explaining to high school kids, to people in the NFL, the NBA, college players that they matter. And I just like way oversimplified it, but uh, we're a, a little pressed for time. But before we get to that, Bobby, you're from Brooklyn, no? All right, so you know pizza. Yeah. And you live in a flat. How did that happen? Like, why would you move somewhere? There's no other good pizza except in New York. Like, why would you do that? Well, I fell short of the glory of God. (laughs) (laughs) But here's the deal, though. He's talking about different pizzas. I'm not joking what I'm about to say. Growing up in Brooklyn in the 60s and 70s, there was only one pizza, cheese pizza. That's true. We only joked. I said they put stuff on pizza because the pizza's so bad, they got to make it taste better. <laughs> I, seriously. So when I go to college, are you ready for this one? Probably okay? not. Are you ready for this one? I go to college and I go out with friends of the wing and we go to this pizza place called Godfather's Pizza. No, 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 no. Well, we went to a place called Godfather's Pizza yeah. and we're getting uh, – I'm getting like some of these things on pizza. I'm like, what in the world? <laughs> Canadian bacon and mushrooms. <laughs> what? What? I didn't get it. They ordered it. I said, what is this? I said, so so I got a friend in Florida. Mm-hmm. His name is Santo. He's from Brooklyn originally. Okay. That's a so, good start. So you ready for this one? He's got in his pizzeria where you could – he puts stuff on his pizza. Plus, you can get chicken wings and French fries. I said, you know what? That's really good that you do that. I'm going to a Chinese restaurant, and I'm getting lasagna in a Chinese <laughs> restaurant. Buffalo wings. and But the kids want them. They want stuff on pizza. I said, the neighborhood we grew up in Brooklyn, you would have been killed for putting that stuff on. And I joke about that. But seriously, you think about it. If I'm going to a pizzeria or Italian restaurant, I'm not going to an Italian restaurant to get buffalo wings or, a, you know, or chicken fried steak or something yeah. like that or collard greens. You know, I joke with pizza. You know? Certain things or can't cornbread. change. cornbread. I'm not going for that. I'm going for what they're known for. Yeah. But thank you for clearing that up. And Amen. We, we, we know where you stand. <laughs> and that is Bobby Petroselli. So um, 
We uh, we do like when you come north because you come to talk to us. I, I know it's also good for you because you do get some do get some. Good I eat food. my way through the city. Where are where are the places in Manhattan? Because do you know Dave Portnoy at all? Uh, who Dave Portnoy? He has he has a pizza rating uh, app. I that, know I've heard of him, but I never check it out. So my kids follow it, and and my, my three boys we have all ventured into the city uh, to do is called One Bite, and and he rates them. You know, and um, I'm just wondering, what do you have a favorite place in Manhattan? Well, I don't. Or, go to, or it could be Brooklyn. Could be Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Yeah. yeah, I go to uh, I go to La Casa Bella. Where's that? Uh, it's in Brooklyn. It's okay. off of Cropsey Avenue. Okay. Near the Bell Parkway, and I go to Spumoni Gardens. Okay. Oh, Spumoni. L.B. Spumoni Gardens. Spumoni Gardens is this good because oh, yeah. it sounds like a little bit like a knockoff. Someone trying to sound no, no, like they're no, Italian. Spumoni's it's good been stuff. There for real like stuff. Eighty years or something. Okay. Spumoni makes the legit. best Sicilian, mm-hmm. and they got the best Spumoni. Okay. Is off the hook. I don't get a regular slice of Spumoni, but La Casa Bella, I went there yesterday with a friend when yeah. I flew in and La Casa Bella has got the best margarita pizza and then the okay. best uh, penny alla vodka pizza you're going to ever have so you're okay with penny alla vodka penny alla vodka is okay is that yeah. pushing the limits for you? Or uh, like? It's kind of a little yeah, bit, okay. but it's all right. We'll, let, we'll slide with that one because it's still a four. It's a different version of a sauce. Okay, like we'll gotcha. see it. It's a different sauce. Okay. So we'll go with that one. We'll go with the Penny Olivati. It was really good. All right. So that's where I go. Manhattan, if I go into Manhattan, I'm going to go to Little Italy, and I'm going to go to mm-hmm. Puglia's, okay. and I'm going to go to Vincent's. Those oh, are the two yeah, Italian yeah, yeah. places. Vincent's and Puglia's. That's where mm-hmm. I'm eating in the city. Okay. Yeah. All right, so I hope everybody listening is taking notes. So we have listeners yeah, all over the need, country. Listen, they need to make donations to 10 Seconds for me giving them, uh, you know, throwing their name out there. Well, since you segued there, why don't you talk about that a little bit? Because that, that's an important thing. We just, we just finished an assembly uh, with our students, and they were, they were captured by you um, and, and your message. Not that I'm surprised by that. You've been here before. Um, but you want to talk a little bit about 10 seconds and, and, and how people get and get involved and to know about it a little bit, because it's so important for every person on the planet, not just, not just kids. Well, the whole thing that really hit me, as you heard me share about the power of every moment Mm -hmm. is the power of 10 seconds or less Mm -hmm. is basically what I'm saying that my life was changed within a matter of 10 seconds. People used to come to me all the time when I went through the tragedy and they'd look at me, Richard father, they'd say, Bobby, you got to take it one day at a time. Mm-hmm. And I'm not being rude. I look at them. Are you crazy? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can't flip and get to 10:30. How am I getting through one yeah, day? I right. can't make it through now. I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to make it to the next minute. Mm-hmm. And then I realized my life was changed in 10 seconds in one moment. If I could get through moment by moment, 10 seconds by 10 seconds, all of a sudden I got a half a minute. Then I got a minute. Then I got two minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes, a half an hour. And before you know it, wow, I got an hour. I got a half a day. I got a whole day. Mm-hmm. Moment by moment. That's how I came with that. And of course, the whole you matter aspect comes from the kids and the people who rallied around me to say, wait a minute, Bobby. That's why my book is called You Matter. It doesn't leave your it behind. In other words, that it that has been defining you. That's not who you are. That's what happened to you. We're not condoning anything bad that's happened to you. It's not who you are. Leave that it in the past where it is. Learn from it. Don't run from it. Don't let it define you. Yes, you're going to mourn. Even the good book says, mourn with those who mourn, rejoice with those who rejoice. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite things, I didn't share it there, but I want to share it now is what I call the weeping Jesus. Mm-hmm. In Oklahoma City, right by the bombing site, it's one of my favorite places mm-hmm. to go, there's a weeping Jesus with, by a church, with his, a statue of Jesus with his back to the Oklahoma City bombing site. Because if Jesus tells me to mourn with those who mourn, he's mourning with me and others when people go through stuff. Yeah. He's not, how could God tell Bobby to be compassionate, to be sensitive, to be loving, 
to be thoughtful, to be considerate, to be forgiving, to be generous, to be a servant. But he's not going to be those things. Right. He's all those things. And the more we recognize that, he's that for us. That's why when I see that, I love that. And as I was sharing with Father earlier, you know, we have made so much in the Christianity world. No matter what church people go to, in the Christianity world, like we're always pursuing God and he's just sitting there with yeah. his arms. No. Mm -hmm. No, when you saw the disciples and read about the disciples and see shows that we talked about, you know, like the chosen, you see the realness of God. Yep. Jesus was on the earth, yeah. you know, and even as I joked, and I'm not being rude how men could be, when the men would say to Jesus, hey, Jesus, did you see that good looking girl? And Jesus goes, I know what she looks like. I created her. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the point is. The humor and the funny part, even in The Chosen, when they're all dancing at the wedding, mm -hmm. and Andrew, one of the disciples, can't dance at all. He's not a dancer. And literally, he's not a dancer, and they're making fun of him, and they go to Jesus, is there anything you can do to help him? And Jesus <laughs> goes, there's nothing I can do to help that. <laughs> yeah. It makes it real and yep. down to earth. I, I love how you brought up the fact that he pursues us, because I think we've talked about that yeah. at times. You know, it's maybe a little bit different than many people think about it. And the other thing that I heard you saying, too, is, well, we can react, well, we can mourn, well, we could take care to uh, think about the things that have happened to us. Your message, which is rooted in the gospel, it's not your message, it's Jesus' message, but the one that you're talking about gives us back control, you know, as much control as we could have, and in control by giving it back to him, saying, where do you want me to go with this? And But but I can't, I'm just paraphrasing you or repeating you, you can't let that define you. Well, you know how I, here's something, so I know, Father, you'll receive this. And I understand what you're saying, like giving, giving him control is yielding that control to him. Um, yielding their permission to him, mm -hmm. surrendering my heart and right. life. But when people make this statement in the church world, God's in control, and I, I said, okay, really? So that 16-year-old girl that's getting raped right now, God's in control of her getting raped? Mm -hmm. I don't think so. He's not in control of the decisions I make if I'm not yielding myself to him. So we have to be careful. So here's what I always say. I said, God's in charge. He's in charge, and as I allow him to be in charge of stuff, then he wants to ha not control in a manipulative way, yeah. but have dominion in my life and allow me to move in that dominion. But sometimes people, when bad, well, God said, wait a minute, time out. When, when I sin, then, then here was what would happen, Father. When I get to heaven, when we all get to heaven, we can say, you know what, God, you're in control of me sinning, so mm -hmm. I shouldn't be held accountable for it because you controlled me right. making a bad choice and decision. No, he's not. He's in charge of me, but if I choose not to follow him and I go down that path, then, you know, why would I need to go to confession? Why do I need to share my heart with anybody? Because mm -hmm. God's in control of what I did wrong, so it's his fault that I did wrong. You know what I mean? It's a beautiful Absolutely. point. Yep. So I've learned that more than ever when Thank people you for sometimes that use that. It's like and, – and, and so when people see me speaking sometimes, they'll use this phrase, well, you know, things happen for a reason. So I'm saying, you're telling me that God crashed a truck through my house to kill my wife so that I could become a speaker? I go, no. Mm -hmm. God's desire always – as the word says in Romans 8.28, he wants to work all things out for his good, for his glory. But we still have to choose to let him work that out. Right. He wants to do it. He wants to take bad and turn it to good. But when people would say this, and I promise, Richard, I don't say this in an arrogant or rude way, but when people will use some of those phrases, I think, 
Okay, suppose when Ava was killed, I went out and bought a thirty-eight caliber revolver and shot and killed that man or killed mm-hmm. somebody else or shot and killed myself. Did that also happen for a reason? Right. And all of a sudden, people go, oh, no. Yeah. God, it, it's out there. His desire always is to take bad and make it good. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why John 10.10 10 says, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. Right. I've come to give abundant life. Well, if God's in control of bad, then... Then I'm not trying to say this route, then he'd be schizophrenic. Yeah. He'd be schizophrenic, Father. Right. Okay, it's what I would call the hurt him and heal him ministry. Let me punch you in the face, but then I'll pray for your healing. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? No. That's why he took all that on the cross. He took everything on the cross, as you and I, Father, were talking about that earlier. Everything he took on the cross. Everything bad, sinful, evil, uh, panic, chaos, trauma, he took it all. And it's when we really recognize, wow. You know, not not condoning my sin, but there's a deeper root behind it, and yeah. I want to get that deeper root yeah. healed and dealt with. Yeah. Can I read a quick quote from Pope Benedict that I think speaks Absolutely. to this? Absolutely. He says, Misfortune, sorrowful events must not awaken curiosity in us or a quest for presumed sins. Instead, they must be opportunity for reflection in order to overcome the illusion of being able to live without God and to reinforce with the Lord's help the commitment to change our way of life. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And that, that's the closest I think we'll find to a reason, because we're talking about the problem of pain. That's, yeah, no, you know. absolutely. And and that's why Jesus even said, in this world, you'll have tribulation, mm-hmm. but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. He didn't say, well, I'm sending you tribulation. He knows right. the world system. Well, when you read Genesis 1, here's what I'm learning more than ever, Father. In Genesis 1, it talks about when Adam and Eve were created, dominion and authority to rule on this mm-hmm. earth was given to them by God. God is the, the yeah. ruler through us. Well, Adam and Eve surrendered that to Satan. Well, when Jesus came, he took that back. And when we open up to him, or we walk in the Eucharist, or we walk in that surrender, he's saying to us, I've given you that authority. Here's one of the greatest things, okay? If you face, in Luke, if you face a mountain, speak to that mountain and cast it into the sea. He doesn't say, ask me to cast it into the sea. He's given us that authority. He also says, that which is bound on this earth will be bound in heaven. That which you bind on this earth. Mm-hmm. So wait a minute. It's like we go to him, and as I go to him, I'm like, Lord, I know I already have the authority. And I come in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and in your name, Lord Jesus, there's so much power in that name. i got to share this testimony. Go for it. When I was a kid, this is the honest truth. When I was a kid, Father Richard, my cousin was dabbling in some of the wrong stuff, if you know what I'm going Mm -hmm. through. And I'm telling you, this one night, I saw it firsthand. People can say what they want to say, but I saw it firsthand. He's getting in an argument with my other cousin, his brother. And as he's getting in this argument with my other cousin, his brother, the way he started talking to him, I don't know how else to explain it. Something took over him and came over him. And the way he was saying it to his brother was like he wasn't talking, Mm -hmm. I promise. And I'm like 12, 13 years old, and I grew up around the church, and I've grown up. um, Half of my family was from the Catholic Church, which I was part of. Half of my family was from what's called, which I've been part of even in the Catholic Church, a charismatic movement. Mm -hmm. But part of uh, a Christian non-Catholic church. So I saw the best of both worlds, and I embraced them both. Well, I was exposed to stuff, and I saw stuff, because Jesus cast out devils and did stuff. Well, as my cousin is talking, honest truth, this is firsthand experience. The way he talked to his brother, he goes, 
I'm going to kill you. And how he said it. Mm. You could just tell, Father, it was something over him. I remember me and my friend sitting there. All we did was this. Promise. Oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. I promise. That's all we did as 12, 13-year-old kids. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And all of a sudden, my cousin who said that goes, I felt like something just Mm -hmm. left me, and I don't feel that torment. That was his words. And I'm 12 or 13 years old, Father. This is Nobody had to tell me something or explain it. I experienced it myself, and all I did was just call on the name of Jesus, and Mm -hmm. I saw this firsthand. Firsthand. Yeah. The power in the name of Jesus, yep. because I was understanding, I was old enough to understand the power that's in that name. Doesn't mean I'm perfect or I no. did things right no, no, all no. the time, but it was an example for a 12, 13-year-old kid to think, wow, yeah. I saw this firsthand. I didn't read about it. I didn't see something on TV. I'm mm-hmm. living it myself. And this- That's it. That comes right out of the scriptures. I mean, yes. like- they. They get, Jesus sends out the 72. He sends out the 12. You'll cast out demons in my name. Mm-hmm. And he says, you'll have the power. And then like when they come back and they're like, well, we didn't do, we weren't able to do this or that. Like you didn't have faith, mm-hmm. you know? And he's like, the power in my name, you know, he sends it. So you saw something that like the first apostles And what saw. did he say to all of us, including his disciples that we read about, Father? Greater work shall yeah. you do because mm-hmm. I go to the Father and I've sent the Holy Spirit. That's why I always say the people of the Old Testament, I don't mean this in an arrogant way, they don't have it as great as us three. No. Because they, they don't. don't have the Holy Spirit living in them. Yeah. It doesn't mean we're perfect. No. But that's why I always say going to church, going to mass, just being part of Christianity in its realm. Okay? It's like I say this to people. It's like going to the gym, not to find the muscle, to develop the muscle you already Mm -hmm. got. We already got the greatest power living in us. It's learning how to access and move in that power. That's for all of us. Well, just to go back to your point, too, about like like Jesus coming back to reclaim dominion, right, over over everything on on the earth and in the spirit. Like now with the spirit in us, it's – we're called to like reclaim it. Good word. In his name. Absolutely. Yes. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. And it's it's learning. Let me see if I can say this right. Just as I share and I can have more uh, uh, what's the leadership and authority to share it in a school like this. Right, right. Okay. It's knowing who we are. Yeah. And like I like to say this, Father, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is living in you. Is living in me, is mm-hmm. living in Richard and those listening. Yeah. When we've opened up to God, it's living in us. It's not out there that David in the Old Testament said, take not thy holy presence from me yeah. because the spirit would come and go. Yeah, That's dude. why, could you imagine, Jesus gets crucified. He's with the disciples for three and a half years. He's crucified. Then he comes back. Then after being with them, what is it, Father, 40 days or so, he goes, all right, fellas, I'm paraphrasing. I got to go. Peace out. Wait, wait a minute. <laughs> You can't go. But if I don't yeah. go, I can't send the comforter, the paraclete, yep. just the one called yeah. alongside to empower you to be who I called you to be. Because now it's going to be on you. Yes. Yeah. We yeah. have that. Oh, my gosh. You know? Can you can you imagine what our lives would be like if we totally, fully understood that? Oh, totally. Like, I can conceptually understand it. I don't live my life like that. I want to, but I don't. So watch this great thing that I feel revelation, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm going to pick on Father. He did nothing wrong. He no, did nothing he, wrong, I promise. You he probably this. did. You don't even know. <laughs> Disclaimer. Okay, but watch this, Father. You ready? Go for it. When you came walking in here, I was already sitting here. He was sitting here. 
Mm-hmm. I did not watch you walk over here and look at that seat and examine that seat if it would hold you up when you went to sit down. I didn't see you looking at the ceiling wondering, oh gosh, is the ceiling going to collapse? Is the floor going to collapse? Watch this. This is, what it, this is spoken mm-hmm. to me. You had enough faith in that chair, in the, in the, where that chair is seated, and the ceiling that you're under, that nothing would go wrong. You totally 100% believed that everything was going to be okay. Could you imagine if everything we read in the written word, we embraced it with oh. that type of belief, the life we could yeah. live? What a, what a great analogy to understand that. And I'm, I'm saying this for myself. I'm yeah. not sitting here thinking, oh, gosh, guys, right. you know, could the yeah. ceiling fall? Could that seat collapse? I didn't have any doubt. I had faith in that seat that it was going to hold me up when I went to sit yeah. down. That's beautiful. And that's a God thing. I don't listen. Yeah. yeah. I'm from Brooklyn. I can't come up with that on my own. That's, <laughs> that's proof there's a Holy Spirit. <laughs> but, but I got to tell you, too, that somewhere on Long Island this weekend, Father Dave will be preaching about that. Because that's what happened. He takes my stuff I, during I, these I podcasts. I still cast the stuff all the time. For yeah, so well, you're, here, here's what happens. So, ready? <laughs> you ready? Yeah, go. The first time he uses it, he'll say, he'll say, you know, I met somebody really awesome. His name is Bobby. <laughs> wait, wait. First time, First time. I met Bobby Petroselli. Boy, he shared this. It was so powerful. The second time he says it, he goes, you know, I once heard yeah, somebody exactly. say yeah. The third time he says it, I always say. Yeah. <laughs> you got him nailed. He said, that to, he said that to me before. He goes, I just want you to know I'm taking a bunch of these things. <laughs> Guys, this is the first time we're meeting. <laughs> I love oh, it's that. so true. What what's been you been how long you been speaking, like years? Full. T- I started the first time I ever spoke mm-hmm. was one year after the tragedy, almost one year in my church. They let me get up and share a little okay. testimony in my church in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. But the first time I really started speaking to audiences was more in the very late '80s to early '90s. Okay, and then the school I was working at in Virginia for two years, I started branching out. My second year, ninety two, ninety three. I was a guidance counselor. I missed 30 days of school. Mm-hmm. I would take days without pay, and then people would bring me in and pay me to come and speak. And after that year, the principal looks at me, Petro, these kids are looking for you every day. They mm-hmm. love you. They need you. You can't miss 30 days of school. And I looked him in the face and said, if it wasn't for you and the support of the staff here, I wouldn't know that I'm going to step out and do mm-hmm. this full time. Well, long story short, I started full time in the summer of 1993, and I've been doing it ever okay. since. So I'm literally um, 29, almost 30 years yeah. doing this full-time. Have, have you seen a significant change in, in what kids need to hear, or has it been pretty much the same? Um, has there been like a paradigm shift in the way they've understood themselves through those 30 years? It's been it's been the same. It's just been a little more accelerated now okay. in the negative side. Mm-hmm. But here's the reality. Once again – what we have done too much. Once again, we've done too much out of the church world and even in the church world of going after the high and wides. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? The symptoms, you know, the not the core reason. Well, here's the reality. You saw it today and you see kids coming up. Everybody in this world, everyone has been hurt. Wounded, broken, rejected, felt unloved, unincluded, unaccepted, unimportant. Mm -hmm. Every person on this earth. That's why Jesus said, it's the sick that need a physician. I know why they're doing it. No, I'm not condoning their sin. And here's the greatest point that I learned with Jesus. And I know you love this, both of you. He earned. Four, three, two. 
So Jesus earned the right to speak it to somebody's life because of how he treated them first, how he talked to them first, mm-hmm. how he loved on them first. That's why the sinners ran to him when every other religious leader they were running away from. This can't be a religious leader. He's loving me. He's being kind to me. He's not telling me how bound for hell I am and how bad and evil I am. We're not condoning any of that. But the reality was he earned the right. So before he got into the deeper issues and talked about their behavior and sin, he got to their heart issues first. Mm -hmm. That's why they were so willing because he, he saw them and they knew he saw them. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and I always say this, because I've learned this myself. I always try to say, I think over the years why all those kids showed up when I went through the tragedy I did is, and I'm not perfect and this is not with everybody all the time, but I always say this and I'll even say this to you, Father, and I'll say this to you, Richard, because I say it to every adult group I speak to and those in leadership positions. You ready? Never be concerned, and this is what Jesus did, never be concerned with how people feel about you. Be concerned with how they feel about themselves in your presence. Oh, I like that. Do they feel loved, Mm -hmm. valued? Do they Mm -hmm. feel they matter? Do they feel important? That's why those people ran to Jesus, Mm because they felt they mattered in his presence. They're not outcasts. Excuse the expression, lowlifes, dirtbags, losers, you know, whatever the words people Mm -hmm. use. No. You're my creation. You got sidetracked, but you're still my creation. Yeah. You know, and 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 you and I were talking about this before, Father. If everything of the old law was perfect, God would not have sent His Son. Right. If everything the sacrificial lamb did was perfect, Jesus would not have had to die. Yeah. That's why I said earlier, if all Jesus came to do was just die for sin, why would He send His Son when a sacrificial lamb's doing Mm -hmm. that? But that's why you read Luke 4.18. Sacrificial lamb did not wear the crown of thorns, did not get beaten and scourged, did not get a spear stuck in his side. Here's the best part of the spear stuck in his side. He ran water and blood, which means his heart was broken. It was symbolic Mm -hmm. that his heart, his emotional heart had been broken. Mm. See, Jesus had to go through all that. He went through sweat drops of blood because he had to go through panic and chaos and rejection and fear and anxiety because that's what we're going to go through. He had to experience everything we would Mm. to conquer it. And here's the last thing I'll say on this. The depth of his suffering had to equal and conquer the depth of our sin, our brokenness, our mindset, and our sickness. That's why it had to be so extreme, because nobody had ever gone to a cross before and went through that mm-hmm. beaten and that mm-hmm. scourged and a sword in the side and a crown of thorns. That's why he died so quickly. That's right. But there was so much deeper, as I shared with him, yeah. there's so much more that he conquered. He paid everything that we would mm-hmm. ever go through. Yeah. Can you uh, can you explain uh, to me, uh, for us, uh, for me again, uh, but for everybody listening, uh, when you were talking to the psychologist regarding, uh, regarding the crown of thorns? Yeah. This is one of the most powerful mm-hmm. things. So Dr. Carolyn Leaf, she's been all over the Christian world, Catholic Church, a Christian, non-Catholic, doing all kinds of conferences. And she was showing, Richard, when we have a good memory— the way it shows up on the brain, whether it's through an MRI, CAT scan, X-ray, however, I don't remember exactly, but she said it shows up at the brain as this beautiful flowering bush. Every time you have a bad experience, a bad memory, or a traumatic experience of memory, you mm-hmm. know what it shows up as? A thorny bush. Wow. And all of a sudden, when I heard that, 
talking about revelation from God, I felt the yeah. Lord show me that's why I wore a crown of thorns mm-hmm. to defeat those thorny memories. Yeah. Whoa! Yeah. yeah. And then all of a sudden, God started to show me, Father, everything Jesus went through is people thought, oh, yeah, yeah, they were just mocking him as king of yeah. the Jews. No, he didn't wear a crown of thorns just to be mocked as king of the Jews. Right. There's a deeper meaning, just like there was a deeper meaning that holds in his wrist, in his feet, spear in his side, mm-hmm. being beaten and scorched, garden of Gethsemane. There's a deeper meaning. When we embrace that deeper meaning, yep. we understand the depth of his suffering mm-hmm. had to conquer the depth of our pain, our rejection, our fear, our anxiety, worry, anything bad we go through, he covered it all. Mm-hmm. His blood covers it all. So when I celebrate the Eucharist or in a different church, they may call it communion. The reality is this. I'm celebrating, receiving, and grateful for everything that's been done. Yeah. Yeah, it, it reminds me a little what we were talking about yesterday. We recorded a podcast yesterday. We were talking about that that joy that's found through all that, like true joy, is it, you know is found through all that. If if somebody um, is listening and wants to get more information about you, get your book, um, look into you coming to their place, how do they go about that? Um, I'm all over social media. It's okay. Bobby Petroselli, not petrified celery. It's Bobby <laughs> Petroselli. Um, I'm at bobbypetroselli.com. Um, my email is bobby at 10seconds.org. Mm-hmm. Um, just reach out on social media, however. And the reality is this. I do so much of what I do. I even had kids come up and say, can I have a card? To, uh-huh. I'm part of this. My family's part of that. I do stuff in Girl Scouts. And, and I said, 95% of every engagement I do is either a repeat mm-hmm. or a student recommends me or a teacher sure. recommends me or what blows me away is when high school and college kids eventually go into education, then they contact me and bring oh, nice. me to their school to speak. It doesn't get That's any more. That's awesome. That's that. beautiful. Father Dave and I really hope you enjoyed this podcast, part one of our interview with Mr. Bobby Petroselli. Check back next week for part two of the same conversation. Thank you and God bless. Mm-hmm.